Hi, Jess. Hi, Nooms. How are you? Hi, yeah. Uh, we're good. I think just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think you are podcast number nine, but I'm not sure because I'm getting mixed up with numbers. Sometimes. I am number nine. You are number nine. Sammy was number eight, so you are definitely number nine. So I think we'll start with talking about how we all met each other. So I think we did we originally meet on Twitter. I think it was Twitter, and we were kind of chatting it was, about yeah, silly think, things. Yeah, I mean, I joined in late 2017, I think. Yeah. Well, I had several Twitter oh, accounts before my current one because I was yeah. kind of starting them and then getting rid of them because I was too scared to keep my face on there. Mm. And then, um, yeah, ended up with the one I've got now. I joined in 2009. Oh, wow, you've been on there a long time. I've been well, on Twitter. Account was I've been on Twitter a long time. Yeah. But I think, I think Numi and I... We sort of we were in the sort of trans Twitter groups and, and that and I think what originally got got us chatting was we were both playing um, Fallout Four. Fallout Four. And uh, we we bonded over a love of derelict toilets in the capital in the wasteland. So you yeah. actually you actually met in Fallout Four? No. Well, we were talking about you know the, the subject had come up somehow. Okay. We we were both big into the game and then we started swapping. You know, like screenshots of our characters and then derelict toilets and talking about it. That's what kind of originally got us nattering and yes, went from there, really, didn't it? Twittering, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so so Jess, you you kind of when you first came out, it was with the help of Numi onto you kind of Numi was the one who took you out on your first trip out in the Yes, yes. My my first trip out in the world as me was um, with Noomi as my big sister holding my hand and it was... keeping me sane. So how, <laughs> did, was... how did that go? I bet you were nervous because I was extremely nervous when I did it mine with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, looking back, it was a good. It was a really brilliant day. Um, I mean, I'd at the time I lived in the East Midlands, so I needed somewhere away from. What was home to do this so you know i'd met naomi once before because i'd been traveling home from my mother's in cornwall and stopped off and met her for lunch just for about an hour and a half um this was probably only a few coffee. months after we started chatting yeah, yeah it was coffee the coffee up in the costas yeah. yeah and uh that was the first time i'd ever knowingly met a trans person to be honest i mean i probably met several but first time I'd actually knowingly met somebody like me um and then when the time came to have like my first time out which would have been um early summer 2019 I I came down to Taunton for the weekend stayed in a hotel and then Saturday morning was the big day so I got myself ready in the hotel room which must have taken about three and a half hours and then had to uh, go and get in the car and go and pick Naomi up. And um, I think it's probably safe to say it took a real act of will to open that hotel room door and, and walk out. You know, I mean, I'd spent months and months preparing and 
sort of get to the stage where I felt I could present, you know, and, and not ridiculous and all that, but I had to actually go out and do this. And um, it was, it would have been about quarter to 10 in the morning thinking, hopefully it'll be quite quiet by now. <laughs> and just about everybody's in the car park, you know, yeah, loading the cars and stuff like that. Did, and anybody, did anybody notice? Probably not. Um, well, there was the, the receptionist who checked me in the night before was, was out there. Um, and the, the one that s- sits in my mind, I got in the car, drove off, and I sort of looked out the side window as I drove away, and there's this older chap just, like, watching me go, you know, just following the car. But I don't know if he was just idly watching or yeah, thinking, who's she, or thinking, what the hell, I don't know. So Probably um, just people watching or something. Probably, yeah. You know, I mean, I just sort of, like, walked out, got the car and went. You know the old folk like round here. <laughs> yeah. They... So I um, guess for those who are listening, we should we should say that you and Nooms live down in Taunton, inside yep. inside yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. Down in the land of the cider weasels. Yeah. So so Nooms, did you did you have somebody who kind of helped you on your first outing? No. How did you do? It? I had nobody. Nobody at all. Nobody. So you just had to kind of. Do it all on your own. I, I kind of just felt my way. I um oh god. I mean it's never an easy day. I remember mine. It was well that was a nervous wreck. Yeah. My first day. I don't even remember my first kind of day day. Kind of I I, remember, I I I came out, and from that point onwards, it was a slow but gradual progression right. towards being full time. Right. So you didn't realize um, it was a specific day. It was called more of a gradual thing. No, it was gradual. Um. Once the ball was rolling, though. It was quite a short progression. Um, coming out of my shell, I moved very quickly on to deciding who I was, who I was, and I eventually ended up going to college. By the time I ended up going to college, I had chosen a name for myself and was pretty much representing female. So that was probably six months. I'd have to check my calendar to, to really know the dates and everything, but that was probably six months. Um, and during that period of time, I began to make changes to my life. So there wasn't really a specific day I kind of came out, I don't think. It was very much a gradual progression. Then it got to a point where it was just like, no, this is me. This is how I feel comfortable. Um, I think going out in a dress for the first time was quite a step, but I cannot remember what day it was. So was was that many years ago? Oh, we're talking uh, 
I think we're talking 2018 or 2000. Yeah, so it's it was. I think I'm three years into HRT now. You're presenting female when I met you. Yes. So, yeah, so it's probably a year or so. Before yeah, early 2018. Jess. I think I came yeah. out, so it must have been 2017. Right. I came out. By the end of 2017, I'd gone to college and I started working as as a home shopping picker. And when I started at ASDA, I started as Naomi. Okay. There was no, there was no kind of changes at work. I started as Naomi. Nobody ever knew my other name. The only people in the business who knew my other name was the HR. I'm assuming they were very accepting. Oh yes, absolutely. I had no issues whatsoever. That's good. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, I. I very early on dyed my hair um started wearing moving from male clothing to kind of more neutral clothing um bought my first pair of trainers which were women's and yeah so by the time it's about probably about then. You know, when we met, I was fully. Mm. You know, when I first met you, I had uh, full-on heels and everything. Yeah, when we first met, I think it was so, bright and transparent, wasn't it? And lovely, ready purple ones. Mm. Yes, they were. They are yeah. gorgeous. Those are. So, so yeah, mean, yeah. So so Jess, really, you're my you're my trans mother, and <laughs> you're my trans grandmother. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. I love I'm your grandmother. Yeah, grandmother. Your grandmother. Granny Nooms. Granny Nooms, great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your ma. Yeah, your ma. So I need to be on my best behaviour today, I guess. Otherwise, I'm yeah. Family. Because yeah, where do we go for your first day out? Well, I was just going to, yeah, I was going to mention that next. So I was, I was, well, the first time I met you, Jess, was at, a shopping centre somewhere. I, can't, I don't remember which one it was now. I think was we it? first met at Meadow Hall, didn't we? Yes. Is that Sheffield um, or Leeds? I, don't, I always get confused. At Sheffield, yeah. Sheffield, yeah. So I was in my, as my old self at the time. Yeah. And you were, uh, as you. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That was, yeah, that, that, that was one of those where I had to get changed in the car <laughs> on the way. That was, that was fun. <laughs> I mean, that really, for me, was the first time I'd met a trans person. That I knew of. Yeah, and yeah. We, had a, we had a great day chatting and shopping and stuff. We did some shopping. And, I mean, it was a bit like when we left there, really, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we spent about the last two and a half hours just chatting, didn't we? We had several coffees, I remember that. Yeah. And then we, we also went for my first day out as myself. That must have been, was that Leeds? I, I, I'm really forgetting now, it was such a long time ago. I think it was, yeah. I think we met at that outlet centre. Outlet store, yeah, that's right. So you'd driven over as you. Yeah. I was, I'd driven up as me, and then, you know, we sort of met up in the car park. And um, 
you looked about as blurred and shaky as I did in my yeah, face. I was, I was like a shaking, <laughs> I was a shaking leaf. Um, Went I remember, and poured coffee down you. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting out of the car and walking with you through the kind of, it was an outdoor setting, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We, we made it to, I think it was Starbucks. Once I'd had my coffee and sat down, I was okay. I'd stopped shaking by then. Yeah, you sort of visibly relaxed. Which, to I be know, fair, it was, it was similar to me or mine. We, I picked up Numi, we went for a coffee, and then after after the coffee, it was like, okay, it's, it's not as bad as I thought it'd be, you know. Yeah, I think once you've, I think once you, you know, out there doing it and you, you're not getting any bad reactions, everything is kind of you just mm. suddenly you just calm down and okay, this is this is okay, I'm surviving. Right. Everything's all right. And yeah, this feels right, doesn't it? Never look back yeah, since. That's the thing. That's what I remember thinking. This feels right. Yeah. This is me. You know, this isn't this is something that, that works that I feel comfortable with. And after for that to happen so quickly, you're probably within an hour of actually walking out the hotel. It's a big thing. It is. So we we all all three of us also know uh, Nikki Marie because she was doing mm-hmm. some um, kind of online life coaching with all three of us. Yes, yeah. Now she Nikki's kind of she's she's a bit awesome with that stuff. She really gets to the kind yeah. of nitty gritty of the problem you're dealing with and kind of pulls it out she's of it. I mean, at, at she, time, she at helps times, me and held my hand through all the sort of initial stages of transition all the way up to you know effectively going full-time and you know i owe a huge debt for all of the help and advice and occasional kicks up the backside and yeah nikki was awesome yeah i mean for those listening who don't know nikki she she lives in uh canada in calgary and i think it is is calgary isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. and um yeah she does online um life coaching for transgender community all free for anybody who wants help or needs help and yeah she's she was really helpful for me sometimes it feels a bit awkward talking about the stuff and it kind of challenges you with the way you think about things but i found it really helpful absolutely yeah so i think we can call nikki great grandmother matriarch of the clan matriarch she might not be very happy about being called great grandmother but you know <laughs> that's where she is <laughs> hi nikki if you're listening so nikki's now doing a podcast too with um uh, uh, called, terry, uh, allen? terry allen yeah um trans talk raw which is really good i was on there for one i think you were on the very first one jess weren't you I think I was not the first episode, but I was their first interviewee. Yeah, summer, I think it was. I think they've been doing that for at least a year now, mm. maybe a bit longer. But I had so much fun doing it. I thought I thought I'd do my own podcast, and here we yeah, are today. Awesome. Yeah, it's good fun. I'm really enjoying doing them. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm about halfway through episode seven, and they're brilliant. They're really good. Yeah, that that must have been the long one. <laughs> Yeah, that's Seren's. Yeah. Seren's, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that was long, but it was really good. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, you do these things, and you, you just lose track of the time. It just flies by. It's, it's amazing. Let's talk about Trans Pride. So trans for, Pride. that's the first time I met you, Nooms. 
actually in the flesh. Lucky thing. <laughs> yeah, and it was was it twenty nineteen? I think it was Transcribe Brighton twenty nineteen. Wasn't yeah, it? that was the one that all three of us were at. Numi yeah. and I had been to the one the year before twenty eighteen. That was the first time for both of us. Yeah, um, and then we went twenty nineteen, and you joined us. And obviously, last year didn't happen. No, last year there was nothing. It was just online, I think. Twenty nineteen. That was a year, wasn't it? Oh, yes. It certainly was. Yeah. I mean that that the trans pride I went to the twenty nineteen one. I mean it's you kind of awestruck by the number of people there, and you kind of recognise people from Twitter, but yeah. can't remember the names. That was <laughs> it's very overwhelming. It is the first time you go is very overwhelming. The, the second time you go is very overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I recognise what's yeah. going on. You've got a little idea of what's going <laughs> I've not, on. I've not had the still, opportunity to do number two yet. I'm still it's still. You know, I, I still feel very much deer in headlights. Mm. You know, it's not awestruck or anything. It's just the fact there's so, you know, you, you, you're in a surrounded by people who you don't have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. it's such a supportive environment that you're in there. Yeah. Like, one of my abiding memories of the, of the first one, and, and it's true, the second one, but it really struck me at the first one. I'd never been to any sort of pride or anything like that. And I remember standing in the park in the afternoon after the march, and there's like probably five or six thousand people there. Yeah. And I just felt at home amongst my folk, my people. I mean, you're safe, you knew accepted, you were safe. there was no question, or and that was that was just amazing, absolutely amazing. It's a transformative experience, I think, going to something like yeah, that. Absolutely. Particularly that one, you know, there, there's so many people there, and you, you meet a load of people that you know but you've never physically met and absolutely amazing and then when they do the march from the the little pub which i can't remember the name of marlborough 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 yes do the march from there all down the seafront to the park where they have all the uh and everybody honking at you yeah i mean that that was the first time i'd ever been on a protest march in my life i mean that was it sorry that was the only two i'd ever done at that point (laughs) yeah yeah, it's um, it's amazing. It's an yeah, it is an amazing experience. And then you get to the you get to the park at the end, and they've got all these events, uh, stage, and all kind of little stands and stalls and things. Mm-hmm. And you just get to meet loads of people. It's uh, yeah, really good. One of the people we met there was uh, Kaz Self, mm-hmm. and Kaz went on the following year to organise um, Transpride Bristol in twenty nineteen, didn't she? Which was, was it awesome. the same year? It was the same year, I think. Yeah, it was 2019. Which I also came down for. And that was, again, that was another awesome event. That was that the first, was that was that was the first, first one they'd done in Bristol, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, the first, yeah, I think it was the first actual like, trans pride they'd had there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the local sort of uh, trans organisation, I don't know, probably a couple of years, but the first time know. they'd actually organised a, a day. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, another march. And then there was some uh, events in the evening, wasn't there? Yes, because I think we did start a little late, didn't we? We did, yeah. Uh, Do we? It's not like us, is it? A little. (laughs) Not quite as late as Transpride Brighton. So Transpride Brighton, yeah, we stayed out (laughs) late, didn't we? We On the last night, there was a party at some nightclub, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, it was like two o'clock in the morning when we came out and then you get all the drunken idiots shouting abuse at you. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a bit shocking 
really, because I mean, during the day, well, I think it was one of the first days we were down there, we were, three of us were walking down the street and we walked past a pub, I think it was, and some idiot made some comments towards us. Yeah. And I, I don't really remember what they said, but I mean, it's a little shocking that that happened in Brighton of all places. You would expect to be Brighton. Honest, the, the only place, is, this is just my personal experience, the only place where I've had anything said to me in the street is in Brighton. Yeah. But then too. again, Brighton's the only place where I've been in out like really late at night with a lot of drunk people about. Um, out and about, you know, the rest of the country from the southwest up to the top of Scotland, never a comment. Yeah. Same as um, I did mention it to someone and, and they said, well, you, what you might find sometimes is you'll get people then because they know Brighton's very LGBT area that they almost go there looking for people because they know they're going to find people that they can take the mick out of. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but maybe, um, they were just a drunken lout. They were drunken louts. They were, they were yeah. drunken lout with their drunken mates. See someone who looks different. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's, that's basically, you just, yeah, whatever. It says yeah. a lot more about them than just about us. It certainly does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, very true. But generally speaking, yeah, I mean, Brighton's a brilliant place, you know, definitely miss going. It is. I'm looking forward to the next one, whenever it is. And hopefully it'll be this year, but who knows? Probably not. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. It'll be nice to look forward to. Definitely. Need to get out. <laughs> yeah, need to get out of the house. It's beginning to feel well, like that'd be a nice start at the moment, wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah. How, how's lockdown been for you two? I mean, it's nice that you're finally living together in the same house. I mean, how's it, how's it been? Um, curate's egg, really, I suppose. <laughs> Good in parts. Um, I mean, yes, it's given us the impetus, you know, for Naomi to move in with me and, you know, we've set up home together. Um, and I suppose that's the test of a relationship. You know, we've survived several months locked in the same house. Yeah, you could survive that. You <laughs> could each other insane yet, yeah. so that's a good sign. Um, I think, personally, it's taken its toll probably in two ways. One is all the stress at work and that kind of thing and trying to keep business is running that I work for, you know, with all the constraints of lockdowns and virus, et cetera, which hasn't been fun. Um, but personally, there are all these plans that we had for 2020, you know, Transpride Brighton, trips out, going to see people, you know, we'd have been up bothering you who yeah. knows how many yeah. times, you know, yeah. you'd have been down, you know, there's all these things we would have done That's the thing that I we missed. just couldn't do. So kind of, there's a lost year there and definitely having in 2019, I'd sort of come out fully. I'd moved. I was me about 2020. I'm going to start making up for lost time, to be honest. And no, in that, you know, and that will happen in the first half of 2021 either. So that's taken its toll. Um, but I mean, personally, you know, it's, there's been a lot of strain and stress. And then like I say, a lot of that's more sort of like work orientated. I hope so. And Naomi's kept me sane through a lot of it. And she's been amazing. 
Mm. I mean, you've been there for each other, which is really mm. nice. To oh, have. yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, Nooms, you, you moved in, I think it was at the beginning of lockdown, wasn't it? Beginning of lockdown, yes. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. Best thing. Amazing. She just said, come in, stay whilst it's locked down. Like, yeah, yes. Once you've got your feet under the table, that's it, really. She can't get you that's out. That's it. Yeah, still get her slowly out. moving my stuff over there. <laughs> so you've yeah. got to the door, and then she grabs onto the door, Jan, and in the end, she's got I mean, you know, up, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hear about all the stories of people going, 2021 was so bad, it was horrible, I hated it. To me, 2021 has actually been a good year. You know, there's a lot of positivities in 2021 for me. You know, me and Jess and Item. Yeah. I'm feeling more comfortable with my life situation. Um, so to me, it's been quite a positive year. Yeah, I mean, there are... There are lots of positives that have come out of it as yeah. well it's not yeah. just, just because we can't go anywhere well, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day i'd only go places if jess was going <laughs> um I mean, yesterday i was talking with sammy you know one of the one of the good things that came out of lockdown was the fact that tea and coffee went online and we all kind of met each other yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that was a really good thing yeah i mean uh, they'd had they'd got one planned for bristol which would have happened a few weeks after the original lockdown and I'd sort of, yeah, okay, we'll go to that one. Okay, Good that to be one. able to get to one, though, because up to then, they'd all been a bit of a trek. Yeah. And obviously, that got cancelled. And then they started doing the online ones. And they've been amazing. They and have. And there's been so lots many of amazing people we've met. Yeah. Naomi started doing her streaming on a, Saturday, yes. on a Friday night. Yeah, brilliant. I would, I would never started, not regularly. I did try it before, but never stuck with it. But now I've got the support and Jess supports me and sammy's supporting me and, and you're supporting it and yeah it, it's it's just great so it's know. kind of it's gathering pace isn't it there's there seems mm. to be more people joining on the friday night now. there were a couple more yeah there were yeah. you know, um and it's so much fun it's hilarious three or four new faces well new new names mm -hmm. this week yeah i mean th there's a bit of a lag with the you know, when you're doing the X, Y, A, B oh, thing. Twitch, though. <laughs> There's a bit of like, so I am actually, well, I'm actually watching it on my TV through Apple thing. And I've got it on the phone because you can't get the chat on the Apple thing. So what I'm seeing on my phone is out of sync with what's on the TV. And then the chat's kind of ahead yeah. on the phone, but behind. I'm the same. The I have the chat on my phone, and that's about two seconds ahead of Twitch on the Xbox on the I know. So But then I'm like hearing it. Naomi on the PC in the corner actually streaming it about eight <laughs> seconds ahead of all of that. It's like a 20-second lag at times, and it's like yeah. the, last night when we were doing it, the, the people were actually putting their choices in the chat before I'd even seen it on the screen, so I'm thinking, oh, right, and something's coming up. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it's funny. Well, that's why I'm so often the first because I've heard it live. <laughs> yeah, before it's been right streamed there, out to Twitch at all. <laughs> so okay, we'll go with that one. Yeah, no, it's great fun. I mean, the that's fact that we're one. playing um, a game where you can go back in time kind of makes it a bit more confusing as well. Yes. So how what, it lives what, up to its title, doesn't it? Life is strange. Life, Life is, is strange. Yeah. What was the first game we played? I can't remember the name of that one. Um. Tell me why. Tell me why Tell was me the why. first one, yeah, which is actually the 
What's it so fourth? Because you've got Life is Strange, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Um, you've got Captain Spirit, which is actually just a one-off mini kind of story. Uh, Life is Strange 2, and then Tell Me Why, which is like the series of, of the, the... They are... Oh, so those are all kind of connected together, aren't they? They, they? They're kind of connected, but they you don't need to know one to play the others at all. Right. Right. There's no, you know, in each one of them, somebody has some kind of power or ability. So, so they're all kind of based on the individuals watching or playing, kind of make choices, and that determines the story. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're um, they're well, they're like choose your own adventures, aren't they? They're like what we had when we were kids that in book form. Yeah. Uh, turn to page 37 if you go left yes indeed so are you playing... I, I, I do like those because you can get the audience to to make the decisions whereas if you're playing you know a shoot them up you can't really get much yeah there's no interaction, interaction going i mean we you streamed elder scrolls online on christmas day didn't you yeah but you can't get the interaction I mean, you're just yeah you just watch yeah, you're just playing the game watching. and people are just watching really yeah. yeah it's too quick for people to say oh we do this do that do the other but you know some, but, some of the some of the some of the subjects are quite serious in some of these oh, things I mean, yes they are they're yeah. very very serious subjects and and really there to make you think yeah you know that consequences of action yeah um, i mean i know it's only a game but it does it, they definitely have that feeling to i think and that's what makes them so good in my mind is they're not just something you just play through just without thinking without yeah. you know you, it makes you think and as i said last night i think the first time i played through life is strange there were moments where i cried because yeah. it was I mean, I was feeling really sad last night. Yeah, honest. you looked it. Yeah, I could see it on your face. You did look sad. I, I, you know, that whole that whole situation with Chloe yeah. at the end is is heartbreaking. It is, and that's kind of based on the decisions that we took earlier in the yeah. game. I mean, and you can't go back. So yeah, it's a bit hard at times. So, you know, but I think that's. Sometimes I think that's an important side of gaming. Mm. You know that you get to think, you get to you get to make decisions that you couldn't make in life, and and play out situations that can make you think. Yeah. No, I think it's really great. the The work you're doing there, Nooms, is is amazing. I think it's it's great. It's hard work. <laughs> I know. It takes a lot out I mean, of you. You you're kind of having a conversation with yourself because no one can speak to you directly. It's yeah, it's hard. It does. It takes a lot out of me. And yeah, takes but a lot of concentration and, and hard work. It is good. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Are you planning on doing some more games when we finished the current one? Oh yes. Okay, so it's going to. Continue. I mean, as as I said, we, we you know, but uh, life is strange before the storm. Which is the story of Chloe and Rachel. Yeah. 
Um, so that's probably what I will do afterwards. Then I shall probably do the Captain Spirit one-off, which hopefully we can do in an evening, in a one session. And then we'll do Life is Strange 2. Oh, right. So there's loads of uh, There is Life is Strange 3 in production at the moment, I believe. And there is another one that's nearly ready to come out. But I, for the life of me, I cannot remember it, what it's called. Um, yeah, so there's loads there's of... some other sort of interactive story-type games. Yeah. That are a bit slow. I played one, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, played that three years ago. Twin Mirror. Right. Yeah. Twin there's Mirror. A few, there's a few you could do, I think. Yeah, well, it sounds like there's loads, loads more to come on the twitch thing on a friday so it was it was you two that got me into gaming actually you know that don't you yay you cast cast your mind back a few months and we were in the i think it was we were in the middle of the first lockdown and i got myself an xbox we talked you into getting fallout 76 until they've been addicted ever since I tell you, that game is so addictive and annoying and frustrating. Frustrating. Yep. But I'm still playing it. To be honest, we'd still be playing it if it hadn't been for that update a few months ago that really changed the. Yeah, they kind of messed it up a little bit. Difficulty levels to where it became a bit of a slog. And that's kind of where I dropped out for a bit because I was just getting frustrated. And then I fell into the old, well, the Elder Scrolls Online. Try the Elder Scrolls Online. We were sort of thinking, well, what can we play together? Because it's good fun. Give that a go. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> obsessed with that now. <laughs> yeah, I've started, no. I've started playing those. And I think when I'm totally bored with Fallout 76, I'll probably just switch over yeah. and uh, try and catch you up. Yeah, I've always been one for, I'll go all in on a game. It's almost any, the only thing I'll play for a long time. I mean, when Skyrim first came out, I played that for probably two straight years. Wow. And didn't really have another big game on the go. And I play a lot of Forza Horizon 4 at the minute as a sort, you know, that you can you drop in, do a couple of races, drop out, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, most of my time, far too much of my time is spent in the Under Scrolls now. Yeah, so <laughs> I, n- I never thought I'd be a gamer, but, you know, since I got the, uh, the Xbox, I've certainly become a bit of an addict. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to blame you two for that. Good, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll quite happily take responsibility for that one. Yeah, cool. So, Noobs, yeah. you're, you're also into board games, aren't you? You've got kind of a lot of unusual board games that you wouldn't normally see in the shops. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually one turned up today. <laughs> yeah, a new one turned up today. I know, I know you've got a shelf full of them. I've seen the shelf. More than one shelf full of them. One, two, three, I think five or six shelves full of them. Oh, like loads. Um, <laughs> have I got a favourite? I don't know. Do, I mean, do, do you play them? You, do you and Jess play them? No. No, because you're too busy going through. <laughs> I tried teaching Jess Obviously. to play one. She teaching me one of them and I And, and she just looks at me like with this blank expression going, what? <laughs> Why are we doing that? Why do you need to do this? I, 
What's yeah, this? Well, we could be playing Elder Scrolls. Why are we doing this kind of thing? Well, yeah, I suppose. But yeah, it's um, I, I, I struggled to be honest <laughs> to so understand what was going on. I, I don't. That's <laughs> um, Have I got a favourite? I don't know. Well, I guess next time. I'm as long as it's enjoyable. I mean, I've got some I haven't even played yet because I've got no one to play them with. Well, next time I'm down there, post um, lockdown, we'll have to have a go with some of those games. Yes. Because the, these are things, that, where do you find them? Are you buying them online somewhere? I get them via Kickstarter. All right. So I, I backed a load of stuff when I had more money. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, some of them are still slowly filtering through. I think I've got about four, I said about four or five still to come mm -hmm. from months and months ago. I mean, the one I got today was, what, 2018, I said, I backed that. So, you know, I these mean, things... I, I love those kind of unusual games do. that you can't find anywhere in the shops normally. You have to go to these kind of specialist mm -hmm. outlets for them. I've also kind of been getting into puzzles, really, recently. Puzzles! You know, like metal puzzles and wooden puzzles. And then I started. Yeah. I started looking into these puzzle boxes. Have you had any experience with those? Uh, I've not actually had a puzzle box myself, but I have watched. Um... Oh, there's one particular person. There's yeah. There's quite a few on uh, Facebook, Twitter um, that post videos on, and things on YouTube. Yeah, he's like a, a magician. Is that the guy and... with the beard and the tattoos? Yes. Yeah, I think another person. Yeah, I can't remember his name for the life of me. No, though. I'm terrible like that. But he gets puzzle boxes, and some of the puzzle boxes he gets sent are amazing. They are, aren't they? It's like, yeah. I would you, like to. You, I would like to get one, but I suspect they're quite expensive. Those things. I'm sure you could start picking up some of the puzzle boxes quite cheaply. Some of the smaller ones, yeah, maybe. Yeah, some small ones. Something to keep us going through lockdown. So, Jess, you, you, your, your full-time job is um, as an IT manager, isn't it? And you work for a, a large UK food production company. Yeah, we, we, I work for the, a group that owns a couple of food production companies, one up in the northeast, one in South Wales. Looking so, after the IT side of things. Before lockdown, you were doing a lot of travelling, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I used to probably every every other week I'd go to one of our businesses. So you know, one week I'd head up north for a few nights, uh, be home the next, then in Wales for a few nights. Um, See, so yeah, I was racking up the mileage a bit. Um, but still, you know, probably in the main, working at home, and I've, I've worked at home now for the 17 years I've been with the business. Um, but yeah, lockdown in this year has really cut the mileage down. Um, I mean, I, I haven't been up to the Northern Company for nearly a year. Um, I've only been to the Welsh one, I think, four times. <laughs> so there's been a bit of a change there, but most, I mean, to be honest, almost all of what I do can be done remotely anyway. So, you know, life goes on. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been a tricky year. You know, we, because we're food manufacturers, we obviously want to keep the business going, 
as part of an essential industry, but we've got to do that and, and take care of our people and we protect them and keep the business going. And there's been a lot of constraints around what you can and can't do and this sort of thing. So it's been... So it's been a stressful It's been year. interesting in the sense of the curse of being interesting, I suppose, at times, but, uh, yeah. you know, quite stressful at times. Um, you know, all parts of the business at times have been understaffed, you know, with people, you know, on leave or isolating for whatever reasons and, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's been, it's been tricky, but uh, we've made it through one year of it and hopefully, yeah. you know, the light at the end of the tunnel's coming. And how was how was work with your transition? How how did they handle that? Was it a, um, a smooth experience? Were they supportive? And yes, um, it's one of these. As I was sort of figuring myself out, you know, and then thinking about what happens if I do decide to transition and go, you know, come out, etc. I was never that sure, you know. When, but ultimately i i decided that you know i had to move forward by um the back end of 2019 um and had come out to most of the family and, and friends and, and whatnot so early 20 so back into 2018 so early 2019 um i arranged a meeting with our um, group hr lady um, just asked her if we could have an off-site meeting because so, I needed to talk to her about something. Didn't tell her what. So we met up at a, at a coffee shop about two or three miles from one of the factories up north and um, spent a couple of hours in there and I sort of broke the news to her and explained what was going on and what I planned to do and, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, and she took it really well. I mean... At the time, she didn't have a lot of experience with trans people and, and that sort of thing. Um, she actually said she was quite relieved because she thought I was going to tell her I'd got some you know, fatal disease or something. <laughs> so when, it, when I actually told her the truth, it was like, oh, right, OK. Like, oh, yeah, phew, okay. thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we can figure this one out. Um, so to be honest, she and I sort of went on a bit of a journey through 2020 of figuring out how we would deal with this how we'd handle it in the business um the week after i met with her i was already planning to go down to london to see my boss um who's group chairman he works out of an office in london so i thought that was the obvious time to tell him because i don't see him face to face that often um so i told him and it's one of these things you sort of think about how people are going to react. Um, and my sort of prediction, as it turns out, is not very accurate. <laughs> um, but he was brilliant. Um, he was very shocked. <laughs> um, but he said, we'll support you. You know, we're an equal opportunities employer. We'll support you. We'll help you any way we can, you know, and we'll be with you. Um so that was March of 2019. Um, a couple of months later, we told the two operating company managing directors because we were getting towards the point where in the summer I would be making the announcement, etc. And, you know, it'd become general knowledge. Um, 
I told one of my team who was very senior um, and, and he was brilliant. He'd known the trans person in the past. So, you know, it's kind of nothing new to him, really. Um, and uh, HR lady put together some, some new policies. We'd already got diversity policies and equality policies and that, but it's sort of revamped those a bit to to properly include trans people. Um, and she arranged some on-site um, awareness training for other people within the business. To be honest, I didn't attend those because they were they were held on site, and you know I wasn't always on site anyway. Um, but just so people had an idea, you know, yeah. what a trans person was, and you know, some of the things not to ask, you know, those sort of things. Um, whilst this had been going on, I'd sort of. Um, I'd progressed medical transition. I've been in touch with Gentry GP, so I was on HRT from early 2019. Um, I was growing my hair out, you know. The, so I was starting to change my appearance, even though you know I hadn't come out. Yeah. Um, and when you've been in with the business, I mean, at that time, sort of 15 and a half years, a lot of people know you quite well. So there was some people starting to wonder why I was suddenly had longer hair and all this sort of thing. Um, and in the end, we decided we'd make the announcement, I think, mid-July. Um, that was after I'd moved down to the southwest. So I was effectively full-time and out then at that point. Um, so on a Monday morning, I'd, I'd written a little, just a three-paragraph letter just to say, you know, effectively, hi, this is me. Um that was circulated by um, Group HR, and both companies have Monday morning meetings of their senior teams. So at that, that was a, it was let known then, you know, announced. Probably have doing it to be honest, announced, but they were told then, and then the message went round the business on email that you know I would be transitioning. Um, and I'm at home on that Monday morning, you know, feeling slightly nervous, <laughs> not knowing quite how this is going to go. Um, and it was brilliant. I mean, I got loads of emails back from people, you know, saying, well done on, you know, I'm coming out and brilliant, you know. Um, really, really positive, you know, from, from all sorts of people in the business, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, obviously being IT, you, you you deal with every part of the business, you know, shop floor up to sort of board level. And and the response was really good um, and has continued to be. Um, so my official first day at work as Jessica was um, middle of August. Uh, that's when I first started sort of visiting sites as me, which was a bit nerve wracking. But again, once you're once you've had half an hour and you're through the door and you're at your desk and, and suddenly you back to normal, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you had a lot of so much people have, you know, started using my new name and, and pronouns. And if I'm honest, in some ways, it's probably a little bit of a, an anticlimax. You sort, you sort of build up in your mind beforehand all how's this going to be yeah you know and, and me being me i go through all sorts of disaster scenarios oh yeah me too. <laughs> and, all the time. you know and, and then it's almost a non-event yeah you know it's like 
brilliant good for you you know i'm glad you you can be you and you know looking forward to meeting you and then you know a few weeks later it's like it's all back to normal you're not and you're not news anymore so so while you were going through this at work you were i guess you were talking with nikki as well to kind of get you yeah uh, to yeah. the point yeah, where you could do it yeah she was amazing in helping me through the whole of that sort Strategizing. of in like a year's process you know yeah, yeah. um but, you know, absolutely valuable. You know, to be honest, I don't know if it had gone quite as, as well without her sort of supporting me in the background. And you know. Yeah, I, I mean, she did the same for me. I mean, mine wouldn't have gone half as uh, smoothly as it did if I hadn't been talking to Nikki at the same time. It was really helpful. I mean, is, do, you, do you have anybody else at work who's, who you know that's transgender? Or is it are you the only one? <laughs> Funnily enough... Um, for all those years as I figured myself out and wondered what was going to happen, I'm thinking I'm the only one that I know of. Um, we've got about a thousand people in the business in total. So I'm thinking, you know, statistics got to be some other trans people in the business, but I don't know any of them. So yeah, I'm going to be the first one. Um, and then before I came out fully, this was when we told the managing director at the Welsh company, myself and group HR lady went down there to meet with him and tell him. And I got there a bit earlier because I didn't have so far to travel. And I wandered up to go to the loo. And where there used to be, you know, two doors, men and women, it was um, men and gender neutral. Well, that's odd. Yeah, go in and to what was the men's loo and there's a sanitary towel um disposal unit in the in the loo and i'm thinking hmm, wonder why this has happened it turns out that um they'd just had two people on the shop floor come out as trans two trans men all right not long before me effectively <laughs> So um, they were already sort of ahead of us on the on, ahead of the game there in the sense that they'd already had two people come out and, yeah. you know, their local HR had already sort of, you know, refreshed their minds on policies and that sort of thing. So that was, you know, but I mean, I had no clue until I actually, my first clue was seeing what was written on the loo door and thinking. Yeah, so they'd updated, the, they'd updated the toilet. Yeah, yeah. So there's there was actually three of us, um, and I do know there was somebody who was working at the Northern Company whose um, I think their daughter had came out had, had come out as trans. Um, I've, I've never met that person or spoken to him, but yeah, I, I did hear that somebody you know, who worked for us had a trans um, child. Yeah, for, for all those years, I thought it'd be me and I'd be the first one that anybody would heard about. And uh, I've got you beaten to <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's great to hear that they were so accommodating and, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really was a case of, like, like I say, it was almost like an anticlimax. It was, well, OK, you know, we'll get records changed. Everybody started to use, I mean, to be honest, as soon as the announcement went out, most people started using Jessica rather than my dead name. Yeah. And, you know, it's really been not that big a deal, to be honest, which really is how it should be. Yeah, and by now it should be water off a duck's back, I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So what about what about you, Nooms? I know you worked in a supermarket for a while. I mean, you're not working now, are you? No, I'm not working at the moment. So you're enjoying the uh, the, the life in, at home? Um, you could say enjoying, I suppose. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you do you intend to go back to work at any point when you feel ready? I honestly don't. Well, at this very moment in time, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult time anyway. It's um, it's still quite difficult. Um, yeah. Headwise, <laughs> Um. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's it's a difficult one. Yeah. So you, I know you've had struggles with mental health in the past. Um, yeah. I mean, how have you managed to get through that? I know it's a very difficult thing to talk about. <laughs> uh, I'm still going through it. That's the thing. Um, yeah. And still slaughtering the demons. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had troubles since I can remember. Um, and I remember seeing a child psychiatrist when I was young. I don't remember why or what was really talked about back then, but I remember going. Um, various points I've seen various counsellors um, and I was a habitual alcohol and drug user um, then things kind of settled down I settled down with my then partner we had kids I got a job and then that became very stressful. Um, when one staff member left, they didn't replace them. So the team of six slowly dwindled down to a team of two. And I had a breakdown, yeah. complete and utter mental shutdown. Um, And that, that was the bleak years. That was the real, I'm standing on the edge of a void here. I am standing on the edge of the hole. One full smooth and I've gone. That's how I felt. Um, full on panic attacks. Um, and that was really, a, there was no change for years and years. I mean, that was... Uh, looking at probably a good 10 years really of of being in that situation and it was the it was the act of coming out that broke that cycle yeah and everything was 
coming up sunshine daisies roses you know everything was good everything was great i'd finally found me feet i'd finally cast off this weight that had been around my neck uh, I thought, hey, hanky dory, let's get on with this. Let's do this stuff. I, I, I went to, I went to college to do a quick course. Um, looked at various opportunities, job wise. Ended up working as a home shopper, picking the orders, and then things started getting stressful again. I moved into my own place. And things kind of started deteriorating. Looking back, I can see it now, but in the moment, I was obviously oblivious to what was going on. And I had a breakdown again, um, which, of course, I'm still working my way through. I mean, not as bad as last time, because I've... I've built up a as I always call my toolkit yeah you know I've got I've got things that I do things that I say to myself actually you know, you know everything from touching different textures to just saying things to yourself to to learning how to distract a train of thought um all those things I learned over the the, the first period of bleakness and so I, I found myself in a strong position to cope but I didn't I, to begin with I wasn't coping was I no I wasn't coping um and if it wasn't for Jess I'm not quite sure where I would be mentally right now um so for all purposes Jess has been the rock I've had to yeah. support me um but i still have days i still i i have days where i just wake up and i just i don't know what's wrong i feel disjointed i feel uncontrollable sadness um it's battling intrusive thoughts you know, some of the some of the crap that goes through my I'm sorry about language goes through my head is is absolutely awful. I wouldn't I, w I wouldn't wish that kind of I don't think anyone deserves to be talked to like that. So, but I I'm aware of the difference between what is real and what is intrusive. So. I guess in some ways I've got a little bit of an advantage, but it doesn't. I mean, you, you, you know, you've surrounded yourself with kind of a support network. You've got Jess. I have got a hell of a support network. I've got fantastic yeah. support. And, and I, I can guarantee that makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. Um, and, and having someone you can just talk to when things are going badly makes all the difference you know knowing knowing that i can say stuff to jess and it is not going to change her opinion of me 
Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's been difficult, and it still is difficult. And when I, you know, as I said earlier, when it when I say you know live streaming again takes a lot out of me, it really does take a lot of work for me to to do that. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, when I first met you, I don't think you would have been able to do that. No, when you first met me, I was I was still quite a mess. I mean, I've come quite a long way since then. You, yeah, I wouldn't say you were a mess, but you were you were very quiet. And... I was a mess, darling. Okay. I mean, come on, I broke down crying in the pizza restaurant. No, that was my silly question that did that. No, it wasn't your silly question. It was a perfectly reasonable question. What do you see yourself doing in five years' time? Yeah. It wasn't a silly question. I don't blame you a, a single inch for, for what happened. But... Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of, you ask a question and... I wasn't expecting. No, you weren't reaction. expecting. But and you're fantastic. Was, yeah, anyway. It was difficult. No, you were fantastic, and you've been fantastic ever since. So, you know, I don't blame you for asking a question. I never will. Yeah, and you need to remember that we're all here for you, Nooms. You know, oh, ever, hell yeah! Need anything? You know where we are. I think the thing that goes through every person's mind that has issues with their mental health is. I don't want to burden that person. Yeah, with absolutely my, no burden, by the way. You know. you know, that's the thing. But that's what your head tells you. Your head's yeah. telling you, oh, they don't want to be burdened with your problems. So you kind don't, of lock yourself away in a box. Kind of thing. So, so you don't reach out. You're not reaching out because you don't want to be a burden. You don't want to be dumping your rubbish yeah. on somebody else's doorstep and it's take it takes me a long time i still find it very difficult to to um stay in contact with people um and it is me it's all me it's not it's not to do with anybody i mean if people talk to me i'm quite happy to yabber on for ages but to make that initial kind of in uh, the, the initiation of conversation or picking up a phone and, and texting someone or picking up a phone and dialing then to me that's like that's like being asked to jump over the grand canyon i know it's not an issue i know the people out there don't mind i know the people out there support me and love me but your head doesn't let you yeah. get past yeah. the initial kind of, but there's always your head going, yeah, but, yeah, but. There's that little voice in your mind. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to talk to you really. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they're only nice to you because, you know, there's, there's all kinds of horrible things your head tells you. And it's. So you just got to learn to kind of deal with what's real and what your head's telling you and oh you have remembering yes. that the support is there for you no matter what yes and the support is there yeah there's there's loads of us there are loads of us out there who are willing to yeah absolutely to, to, to support and, and listen and talk about so but i do know how hard it is to reach out 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you've got Jess right there, 24 hours a day, which must be a, a huge help. Yes. Yes, I get lonely if she leaves the room. Lonely. Yeah, and Jess, you've had some problems too, haven't you, with mental health? Yeah. um, I guess through most of my life, probably not, because I sort of coasted along blissfully unaware, really. Um, I had, as I sort of figured out who I am, figured out what I am, through my sort of mid late forties, you know, the last five six years, I went through a dark period because, you know, I was trying to figure out what, why I was the way I was, and what impact that would have on my life. You know, I mean, I was in a long term relationship. I'd been with my ex when we separated in twenty nineteen for twenty eight years. You know, yeah. family. Um, and that was a dark time, just trying to figure out what would happen. Um, and, and not easy. Mm. Then, sort of late 2018 into 2019, a lot happened. I started transition, started coming out, moved, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that had its ups and downs, but there was a lot to keep you busy. And I think that probably helped as well. Yeah. And there was that sort of, the goal ahead of you of knowing, you know, you will be you, you will be living the life you should have had and all of that sort of thing. And then 2020 has proven to be really tough. I think 2020 for me was, was more stressful and had more mental health impact than 2019 when I came out and moved and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And a lot of it is, a lot of it was driven by stress, um, particularly stress, you know, from work with just the constraints that we're under at yeah. the moment. Um, you know, my team hasn't been at full manning level for nigh on a year now, you know, for various reasons, you know, and that's needed a lot from me and my people to keep things going because, you know, we've got to support business. We've got to keep systems going. We've got to keep, you know, support users, etc. Um, and I think by sort of autumn time, it had really started to dig into me. You know, um, obviously, the main thing that kept me going was knew me. You know, I could always come downstairs from a desk and. Yeah. Talk to her, get a hug, have a moan, have a rage, you know, and and she was my rock there as much as I tried to be her rock through her darkest times. Um, in the end, I had a chat with our, our group HR lady again, who is, she's amazing. I can't speak highly enough of her. Um, and she arranged for some counselling through work. Um, and I had several sessions through sort of November, December, and, and one more in January um, with a counsellor, just remote Zoom calls. And that helped a lot to sort of try and get things in perspective and and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it was a tricky year, particularly the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I'm in a better place now. Um, yeah, the way well, our business works, the, the whole business gets really busy for Christmas. It's the biggest part of the year. So there's always, I mean, every Christmas is a bit of stress, but this year's sort of 10 times the stress. Yeah. So it's nice to be past that, you know, so you know, work-wise things calm down a little once Christmas is out of the way. Um, but yeah, the counselling helped definitely. Um, and, you know, putting plans in place now to try and sort of build things back up again, you know, team-wise and that sort of thing. And hopefully we'll end 2021 in a better position than we were in, you know, in 2020. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you been able to develop, you know, some kind of coping strategies with work, stress and um, other, re- other related stresses yeah. and things? You know, losing yourself in other worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the boss way of saying losing yourself in a game. Yeah. To be honest, it does help. You yeah. know, you, you can go out and, and, and I suppose the sort of games we play, you can just go out and have an explore. You can go out and shoot the hell out of something or, roast something or whatever you know it's just a it's an escape escapism yeah um trying to cast off those daily exactly yeah because um, you you know there was a time i think about two months ago when we were chatting and you were really down about work and stuff yeah. and i think you've yeah. got through that now i mean the the other thing i don't think has helped through 2020 was just the constant attacks on the trans community oh, um, that's been awful you know, and it is. it's still going on and yeah. it'll never stop us. People, you know, are accept, you know, whilst it's acceptable to be transphobic, you know, the way it isn't acceptable to be racist or sexist, etc. it's not going to stop. But, you know, it's when you're staring down the barrel of not even being able to go 10 miles from your own home because you won't be able to go to the loo, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be able to go to work. If they'd have had their way in the summer, I know, because, I know. you know, it's just practically speaking, you can't do it if you no. can't if you can't ever go to the toilet or anything like that. You know, um, that doesn't help. You know, and I know the impact on us as members of the community is, to be honest, is exactly what these people want. You know, they they want to get rid of us from society and they want us to suffer. And that's the, the bold truth of it. But sadly, sometimes they do hit their target and it certainly hit it with me for, for a while, you know, that, I yes. mean, last year was the first time I've ever had to write to an MP to beg to retain what basic rights I yeah. do have, yeah. you know, and, and to be in that state in a modern Western society is ridiculous that any part of society should have to beg to be allowed basic rights yeah i mean we're definitely going through a really difficult time at the moment with political things that are going on and the attacks on the trans community you know it is it's very hard and those all those issues kind of add to the daily stresses and make people's mental health problems even worse it's these things i suppose with 2020 a lot of things came to a head at the same time you know yeah. work and you know stress outside of work and yeah. political stress and and all that sort of stuff that really built up you know i, th- I think i actually think the, the the pandemic played into the hands of of the gender critical people mm. 
because they had that opportunity to then fester at home and, and find other people with you know not being able to go to work and to reach out to to workmates or to, mm. to go out and socialize it's very much the you find like-minded people online yeah and people are then encouraged it's 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 i mean we've talked about it. it's it is like the cults work they find someone who's questioning a little bit um, vulnerable, susceptible to to things going on. They're yeah. lonely. They yeah. their their mental health is waning. So it's all like, oh, don't worry, come on, you know, we're 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 a friendly bunch. We'll talk to you, you know. Oh, you're questioning the the transgender thing. Oh yes, that's horrible. That is, yeah. Let me, we'll tell you all about it. Yeah. And they get their claws in you. And they they warp your perceptions, and I. So I think the pandemic has had some responsibility to play, on the fact that the gender criticals have really managed to take a firm hold because they've 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 played it to their advantage. Yeah, I mean that combined with kind of the the rise of right wing groups. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a real difficult period. I think the, the other side of the pandemic as well is that because we as trans people are generally, you know, we've been stuck at home. You know, when I when I do go out and about, you know, pre-pandemic, odd times I have had to go to 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 work or travel for work last year. You know, people out and about in the world are fine. They don't mm. they don't worry about us. They're not bothered <laughs> they about care. us. You know, we're just people. You know, we're not causing problem they're not worried about us yeah when you're not out interacting with people and you're living even more of your life online you yeah, see the, amplifies the abuse and the critical voices yes that you just don't hear in the world world i mean when i, I talked to to the counselor about it was telling her about the things that are going on and that she's got no idea yeah no. she's a cis woman of a certain age you know but absolutely no idea what's going on. She doesn't see anything in the papers or, or anything like that. You no. know, most cis people don't know. And, you know, it's online. It's so amplified. You know, if you if you spend a lot of time on Twitter like we do, you, I mean, even though, I mean, I never go looking for these people, but you can't totally avoid it. But, well, you know. I mean, not, not a day goes by where there's, where there's no. Like a very big mob. Yeah, they, not... apparently larger than you know they they like they they yeah they puff themselves up yeah you know they. I mean it's a it's a constant stream of abuse on Twitter Facebook if you if you if you go down that rabbit hole you know there's yeah. it's never ending. Yeah. I think I think we need to kind of protect ourselves from that as best we can by. That's it. I mean, I I I don't. I don't go looking for it. If I'm honest, at times I've had, I've had to unfollow um, trans people who do interact with these people. Yeah, and, me too. With good intentions, you know, but no, but you don't need to see it every day. I mean, it's, it gets to you. you know, I know I can go and find it when I want to see it. Yeah, but, yeah. You've got to think of your, your you know, your self self first. We we amplify them 
the, the GCs for them yeah. and, and give them a greater reach than they would have if we didn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is very kind of difficult to avoid it online, especially some of these larger accounts on Twitter who mm-hmm. are daily fighting with the trolls and things. Yeah. You know, if you see that every day, yeah, it definitely gets to you after a while. It's, I mean, I, I've, yeah, I've removed I'm, I'm, I'm several not... people because of that. You know, I'm I'm not sort of saying anything against those who do fight the GCs. No, I mean if you're strong enough to do it, that's fine. I, I, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how they have the strength to actually put yeah. up with it. Yeah. But it does tend to sort of amplify. It's a an it unfortunate side effect. It is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, think, I guess we just have to be careful online, so we don't get exposed to too much nastiness. Ultimately, you've got to remember you can close the app, you know, you can deactivate your damn account for a week and just get away from it, you know, which I mean, I did. I think early December, I deactivated for about four or five days, just didn't touch Twitter. Yeah, I've done that several times. Somebody who pretty much anything that goes on my timeline was a bit odd, but it did help sort of clear some of the detritus that was floating around my mind away just to not have that. Yeah. Downside is that cuts me off from loads of friends and lots of lovely people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done the same. I've I've gone off for a month here and there and then come back. And it's just because you just need a break from it. And then, yeah, you miss your friends. You come back on and try and do your best. Yeah. I mean, this is the this is the great thing with some of these things, you know, tea and coffee, where you don't have that problem. You know, it's a safe environment. It's weekly. Exactly. Yeah, it's much better. For we make a point on seeing coffee that we don't talk about that yeah, side. Yeah, which is a good thing even though even in the sense that it is relevant to us you know it's a it's a space for people to connect and have a bit of fun and get away from the world away from all that, yeah. yeah and how, how have things been with family your both your families i mean when you transitioned have you had um support or has it been Kind of a bit negative in, in case my so. family's been fantastic my family have been absolutely amazing absolutely uh, i mean when you <laughs> I, I i i had a, a i wrote an email a very long very well worded i believe <laughs> email explaining everything um and i i sent that off um, and the responses I got were phenomenal from the very first moment my sister just was like yay I've got a sister <laughs> um, yeah. and supportive um, I'm I, I don't know whether it's because of these things but i'm actually in communication with my brother again um my parents are like supportive you know i mean i had a long chat with them and they said they basically and they said look we, we we're not we're not going to finance this i'm expecting you to um but they they can see how much has changed in me yeah and that's all they care about um Unfortunately, me and my partner didn't quite see eye to eye on the whole situation, which caused 
division. Yeah. And that was the only issue. But we've gone our separate ways. And, you know, there's no animosity there now. So were you, were you married? No. No, was, I, was, yeah, right. I was living with my partner for about 25 years. And you have two kids? I have three children. Three kids. Oh, I thought it was two. Three kids. Uh, okay. 21, 18, and I think 14 this year. Well, well how do they react? They're fine. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely fine. Amazing. Like the youth of today, is, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's the great thing about young people. Whatever, as long as you're happy. Yeah. So I've had a fantastic experience. I mean, my all my nephews and nieces, and I've got, what's that, I've got four nephews, well, five nephews. Um, they're, they're all fine with it. My two nieces are fine with it. Um, if anything, the only thing they're upset about is the fact they haven't actually had a chance to meet me yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily I've met my mum as me, uh, my stepmum and dad I've met as me, my sister I've met as me, my brother I've met as me, um, my sister and her family I've met as me. It's just my brother's kids haven't met yet. And they're like, oh, we haven't met you. Got to do it sometime. Yeah, get it done. Well, what with everything else that's going on at the moment? It's not easy. Not easy. But it will happen. It will happen. I've had support, you know. So for me, thinking I'm going to get disowned, they're going to hate me, they're going to... Because that's basically what you think when you're going to tell people. It's a very difficult time. You don't know what's going to happen. I, I personally, I've been incredibly fortunate. I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, I fall into the same camp as you, Nooms. I had total support from my family too. It was a really important thing. I don't think I'd have managed without that. Yeah. So you, the, are you one of three then? You have one brother, one sister? I have one brother, one sister. Yes. And I sister's younger. Yeah. Well, that's amazing to hear that you had such a good support. Yes. As I say, I couldn't hope for better. Yeah. What about Jess? Um, I think mine, I'd probably say mostly good. Um, I mean, my my partner as was, we'd been together, not, not married, but living together for, let's say, about 28 years, I think. Um, she sort of, she was part of me figuring myself out, so she sort of <laughs> lived with me through that. God bless her. Um, we had rocky times through that, and I mean, a lot of that was just me not being in a good place, that kind of thing, but... Um, so there wasn't really a coming out to her, but it was more a case of her seeing me figuring it out from not really knowing much about my identity, you know, as I've been for donkey's years, to finally accepting that I'm trans and then what am I going to do about it and, and whatnot. And I, I effectively finally said to her um, in October 29, uh, 2018 that, 
I'm going to transition. I'm going to have to. You know, I'd kind of thought, can I put it off? What do I do? You know, the downside is at my age, you know, I'm in the 50s, you know, put it off for five years. Well, you're knocking on the door of 60, you know. You, you do start to feel like time's running out. And if you're going to do it, let's get it moving because you know it's a multi-year thing. Um, ultimately, we obviously didn't stay together, um, but we remain good friends. You know, we keep in touch. Um, you know, we had to sort of separate our lives, sell the house, et cetera, et cetera. But that all went through amicably. Um, I came out to my mum um, about, yeah, it would have been that October in 2018, the mum and stepdad. Um, it took them, I think, probably about a year to really get their heads around it. Mm. I mean, they're obviously that bit older. They don't really know much about this transgender idea. Um, I, they live down in, in Cornwall. I was down there for a weekend and that's when I came out. So I basically wrote a letter, printed it off and said, read this because I thought if I start trying to talk them through it it'll you know I'll, I'll, I'll forget things and, yeah, and yeah. But, you know they read the letter and were like very nonplussed very shocked you know, didn't really know what to make of it but didn't there was no instant rejection or anything like that they just weren't really sure what it all meant I think um and we, we kept in touch as we usually do, some phone calls, that sort of thing. And I, I know they talked to other people about it. And in the meantime, I'm moving and coming out generally, etc. And so the October following, they met Jessica for the first time. Um, and it went really well. You know, mum's first words, she said, oh, I didn't recognise you walking down the street towards her I've changed a bit and then she says well you're tall well I'm wearing heels <laughs> and then off we went you know it's basically the same old mum you know it just took them that time to get their heads yeah. around it um you know the last two Christmases I've had Christmas cards to Jessica not dead name and you know so that's been good I mean my dad um it's been it's been too long since I've seen him, so I didn't get to tell him face to face, but told him over the phone, um, and he just was like very matter of fact. Oh, so I've got a daughter then. Yeah, that was awesome. And That's I'm nice. like, wow, you know, I did not expect him to take it really well. You know, he's a bit of a maths man kind of chap, um, but he just like just yeah, it's an issue, whatever. You know, <laughs> you're happy. Um, he rang me back um, a couple of weeks later with a load of questions, just trying to sort of understand things and whatnot. Um, and one of the things that we would have done in 2020 was be go over to see him. He lives the other side of the country. So yeah. we didn't actually go and introduce him to his daughter yet, but that will happen at some stage. So that was way better than I expected. Um, rest of the family, um, if I'm honest, most of my extended family, I'm not really in touch with, which is just, circumstance you know and yeah. not any animosity or anything um where did encounter a problem which if, I, if i'm honest i didn't really expect was with my daughter um i came out to again sort of back into 2018 and again she didn't really no instant rejection but 
I just don't think she really liked the idea, you know, didn't really want to talk about it that much, I guess. And since I moved in the summer of 2019, I haven't heard from her, um, which is is heartbreaking. Um, She's got a daughter. I've got a granddaughter. And we were extremely close, you know. Yeah. And... When I first came out to her, she was like most youngsters are like, oh, right. Yeah, I know what that is. It's not a problem. I'll support you. This is fine. You know, next time I saw her, she gave me a makeup lesson. <laughs> um, and then that all stopped. She was, she's fine with me. We still keep in touch. But again, I haven't seen her since I moved because she lives with mum and, and it's all a bit awkward. Um, she's in her mid-teens we keep in touch. I mean, as most teenagers, she doesn't keep in touch that often, you know, yeah. <laughs> and she never says much when you do talk to her. But, yeah. you know, the avenue's open. I, I just live in hope that, you know, as she gets a bit older and a bit more independent, that we can reconnect. But that, I've been pretty lucky, apart from that one huge heartbreak of, of losing daughter and, you know, and granddaughter. So has, has your daughter, has she any signs of her kind of coming around, changing her ideas? I haven't, I haven't, I honestly haven't heard from her since I moved, actually since two weeks before I moved. Um, you know, sent cards and that, never got anything back. And um, I don't really know. I don't really know why, to be honest. Um, I know she was worried that if it got out that, um, you know, granddaughter might get bullied at school if the kids found out. The truth be told, and having spoken to a lot of people, you know, like Naomi, who's who've got kids of that age, yeah. it's just not an issue. You know, not the issue it would have been when we were at school at that age. You know, yeah. But I mean, fair enough. I can understand her not wanting Litland to be to be bullied or anything like that. But there, there, there's other things that I don't know, and I guess I don't want to speak for her. Yeah. You know, as to what she thinks, but it's, you know, it's a damn shame. Yeah, I mean, I think what happens in these kind of cases where a family member's not very supportive, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's more about them and their attitudes than it is anything to do with you. I think so, yeah. You know, it's I mean, like, I guess, eventually you know, she may kind of change her mind. Her mum doesn't help, but I mean, that was... That was not the original intention, to be honest. I'd, I'd, I'd hope that we wouldn't separate, you know. I think fundamentally my ex, she's a straight cis woman and she doesn't want to be in a relationship with a woman. Yeah, I mean, that's and fine. That's you can't change that any more than I can change being yeah. trans or, you know. And like I say, we still get on. I mean, as and when I can travel again, I mean, I'll, I'll go over there and, and, and see them all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Got some of her family so also live up in the Midlands um, and that, who I still keep in touch with and chat with and whatnot, you know. Um, so every, everybody's still up in the Midland area, are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, I think I, I probably did better than some. I know some trans people who pretty much lost everybody and I didn't yeah. do quite as well as others, but, you know, um well, fingers it's, crossed, things will improve and, you know, it might do. I mean, future point. I, able I, to know, get yeah, I know a couple of people who lost a member of their family for several years and they're now getting on like houses on fire again. Yeah. 
you know, so never say never. No, no. Who knows? You yeah, know, who knows? It might, you know, you might suddenly get a call and, you know, yeah. things might change. You know, That's hope. We'll yeah. Yeah. So how, how have your experiences been with uh, medical transition, like your, your GPs and GIC appointments and gender GP and all that kind of stuff? Who wants to go first? <laughs> um, I guess for me, I went to see the doctor in, again, like 2018, funnily enough, as things started to sort of gather pace. I already knew that you know, the situation with NHS GIC waiting lists. So went to see, I'd, I'd say went to see my GP, but I didn't have one. Um, my old doctor's surgery up in the Midlands was not necessarily the most efficient. So <laughs> I went to see a doctor and she was fine. You know, I was probably only in there 10 minutes. I went in armed with a bit of paperwork, knew what to say. I chatted to other people and sort of prepared my spiel and just, told her and she said, yeah, you know, we'll do your referral. Um, and I, I asked, would you, cause at the t I, I knew I was going to go with a private clinic for HRT cause I was, didn't want to wait three slash four years to get on HRT. Yeah. With NHS, you know? yeah. um, she agreed to do blood tests, which was great. Cause that saved me you know, a few pounds getting them done privately. Um, when I actually had them done, it ended up with me, you know, having to have them done twice because they did the wrong ones to start with. But I think we all end up educating our GPs and whatnot to a certain extent, unfortunately. Um, so I'm on the waiting list for the Nottingham GIC and who knows when I'll see them. I mean, I suppose I'm coming up on two years on the waiting list. I wouldn't think I'll see them in another two years if I'm lucky. Um it's just yeah. the way it is. It's absolutely scandalous. It's it not scandalous. unconstitutional. It's an absolute bloody disgrace, but that's what we're stuck with. And, you know, yes. I don't see it changing, if I'm honest. It's a bleak view, but I just don't see it changing. So I don't thank, see it ever putting money into something like that. Yeah, thank God for Gender GP then. Yeah. In touch with them, I think it was about the October 2018 and started HRT with them in the next February. And to be honest, Christmas got in the way, you know, it took about four months. It could probably have been three, you know, with Christmas mm -hmm. getting in the way and that sort of thing. And so coming up on two years on HRT, um, that's had its ups and downs. Um, I had some bad blood tests the first part of 2020. Had to do some tinkering with the prescriptions and whatnot, but things are hopefully on track now. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, medically on HRT. And so just waiting, so the, uh, waiting for the appointment. If I can finance GRS myself at some point and quite how and where I'd do that, you know. But. So I, I guess things are pretty kind of stable you're waiting for the gic appointment you've got your doctor mm -hmm. prescribing with i guess that's still with gender gp is it yeah my my doctor won't prescribe she won't do shared care um she actually she tells me it's um surgery policy <laughs> which is a bit odd because naomi's at the same surgery yeah that's very real. strange 
which, if I'm honest, has somewhat adversely impacted my opinion of my doctor to be told something that I don't believe is true. Does she um, actually know that you're both at the same address? Yeah. No. No, she doesn't know she's been found out. On the other <laughs> hand, they will still do blood tests. I'm going on Tuesday for a set of blood That's tests. That's why you so. some, no, oh yeah, I, I think you should still contact practice Yeah, I probably ought to try and get changed over. Yeah, you should, definitely. Um, I mean, practically speaking, I mean, it's cheaper prescriptions. Beyond that, I still need to be with gender GP. Yes, so. yes, you do. But the, the prescriptions yeah. become, because you can pay the £10 a month for the yeah. prepaid certificate. And that is a huge amount. Of difference. Oh, it's, a, it's a massive saving, isn't it? Buying that thing. It is. Yeah. I mean, in terms of changing medical records, it's a bit of an odd situation because I'd moved and obviously changed, registered a new surgery, but with my new name. As far as the NHS here are concerned, I'm Jess. And funnily enough, I got a letter from the NHS um, and Imperial College. They're doing a COVID-19 study and they've just picked you know a load of people out of nhs records across the country um to do an antibody test and that came to jess because that's who i'm registered there's down here um as far as i know after 18 months my notes haven't actually made it for my old surgery so quite i need to chase this up with the doctors as quite where i am in terms of um my general NHS registration because I seem to be partly registered as me and partly still as old me. Um, whether my notes will ever make it down here, who knows? Um, like I say, my old surgery wasn't the most efficient. So we'll see um, on that side of things. What about you, Nims? Have you had some of the story? Um, I went to my doctor relatively quickly after I first came out to my well to myself I hadn't actually come out to anybody else so I went to my doctor without anyone else knowing and said I'm trans and they said okay fair enough we'll refer you to the local GIC which is the Laurels down in Exeter um I then said, would you be looking at any kind of bridging prescriptions? And he was then basically very bluntly in your face, I will not do anything. I will refer you and that is all I need to do. Yeah. Sounds like my first doctor. Um, I then changed doctor to another surgery who was very helpful to my face and then appeared to do nothing so well I mean by this point I had got with gender GP as well and was receiving patches at that point yeah um so I went to this other doctor. I said, look, would you, I, I need to sign up for the surgery and blah, blah, blah. I had my first introductory appointment with them. They were very supportive. They were like, yes, yes, I'll do shared care agreement. Um, just get them to send me the documents and I'll sign it and do everything. Gender GP sent the document over. 
didn't hear anything back from them. So I contacted the doctor and they said, oh, yes, I've got it right here on my desk. I'm, I'm in the process of doing it. So I let gender GP know. Uh, time passed again. They hadn't heard anything from them. So I contacted the doctor again and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been really busy. I keep meaning to do it. And I was like, right. Could you could you just get on and actually do it, please? Which was basically them saying, I mean, at the end of the day, it was them saying, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I wish they'd just said, I'm not yeah. doing it. Um, then I changed doctor again after I moved into my own place for sheer convenience, really. Um, asked them and didn't bat an eyelid. He said, yeah, again, get them to send me the, the form and I'll get that signed. I think he did that within the week. So, uh, and since then, it's just been plain sailing, apart from, you know, apart from the fact I still have to go through gender GP and the NHS are pretty much useless. Yeah. Um, but they, they prescribe the medication. I don't really need to do anything. I, I order my meds from a delivery firm. Yeah. Um, who they put the repeat prescription into my doctor. My doctor returns the prescription to them, and they, 48 hours later, maybe from the time I order to the time I get, it's three days probably. Yeah. So you're just kind of ticking over, waiting for the GIC to get in touch. Yeah. And I, I pay my £10 a month for a prepaid certificate, and yeah. that comes all my medications. Um, so I'm saving a fortune. And you're still paying for gender GP as well. Yeah. 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 So, but but I wouldn't say it was you know I hit a lot of roadblocks along the way, but I think just be persistent. You have to. Yeah, it's kind of like going. You've got to do what you feels right for you. If at the end of the day I couldn't get shared care, I would still be paying. For yes. the medications through gender GP privately. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of muddle our way through these uh, medical things, don't we? It's kind of like you, we've all had problems with our GPs. We've all had to change yeah. GPs. We've all had to use gender GP because of the extremely long waiting times to get into a GIC. You know, we all have very, very similar stories, but slightly different problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's quite, it's kind of it's annoying. I mean, I'm I've recently just actually on Friday I got a call from Indigo, the new Manchester GIC, you know, offering to switch me over from Sheffield's to them, and I, I accepted that. So I don't know. Hopefully that will be better, quicker. Well, I hope so. Well. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit, I'm a bit kind of unsure about about it, but I've agreed to do it. But um, yeah, we'll just see. Yeah, how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm not in the situation where if I wanted to take it any further, I, I couldn't. All I can do is rely on the hormones at the moment. Yeah, you know, I can't afford to do any of the other things I I would you know, I'd kind of like to do. 
No, I mean, you're kind of at the mercy of the NHS at the moment, aren't you? Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I am too. I mean, I won't be able to afford um, private surgery. It's, you know, it's 30 grand. I don't have that kind of money, it's you know. Well it's, expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. But, you know, I do, I do, I mean, I shouldn't, but I feel guilty for getting a, a switch over to Indigo. I mean. Yeah, of course you shouldn't. Go for it. But this yeah. is, this <laughs> is the thing as well, that the, the, when, when you, you know, like the gender criticals are like, oh, do you know how many trans people keep their personal areas intact? And I think sometimes it's not the fact that we want to. Well, it's stuck the fact in the that it's so damn hard to get anything done. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so you're actually complaining about something that we want to get done but can't get done. Yeah. Therefore, you using that as a systematic attack on us. Therefore, restricting the things we can get done. Therefore, you and it's just a vicious circle. Maybe we should persuade the gender crits to pay for our surgery, and then we'd all be happy, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, the money they make out of their crowdfunders could have probably provided GRS to every trans woman in the UK who wants it. Twice over. Yeah, so which would have kind of solved a lot of their concerns at source, really. It would, so, yeah. 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 Well, that's way too long. It would involve helping us, which they would never, no, ever they would, do. They don't want to do that. That's not in their agenda. Yeah, yeah. their reasonable concerns aren't really their reason for doing what they oh, do. Oh, they don't have reasonable concerns. No. Really, they don't no. have any. I mean, I, I used to fight with them, but I've totally kind of given up. I don't care what they say, what they think. I'm just, I'm way beyond that. You know. I've, ne I've never really interacted on Twitter. There was a, a couple jumped on me uh, in the summer, went to some of the demos in, in Exeter and Bristol, and just block them. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's the best way. They're not arguing in good faith. If somebody came along and actually wanted to talk, well, really they, don't. Want to talk, they don't they just want understand. to understand fine but you know you just don't you you so rarely see that on particularly on, on on twitter and whatnot but you know it's um i think the best thing is just go out and live our lives and just yeah, show everybody absolutely. in the real world that we're not what we're painted as we're not the monsters you know at work out and about i mean obviously 2020 has not been great for that but you know everybody you know Everybody at work has now met a trans woman who had never met a trans woman before. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's a lot of people who now know that, yeah. you know, it's not something to be frightened of. You know, I'm just. Yeah, as, I mean, we just need to live our lives. We're just normal. Just as much of a pain people. in the ear as a woman as I used to be. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll still moan at you if you forget your password and then stuff like that, you know. And it's, it's, it's the um, it's the being visible. Yeah. I think just being visible is so important. Um, you don't have to have the battles. You don't have to take on take them on. I think at the end of the day, being visible is so much more important to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, going, you know, someone someone who's questioning going on Twitter and being able to see mm. others like them yeah. is, is so important. I mean, seeing other people being successful and having a normal life, yeah. I mean, that's really well, may, Maybe not it? even having a normal life, but, you know, yeah, some of us struggle. 
some of us have you know we have mental health issues yeah but these aren't necessarily trans related no it's nothing to do with being trans i mean that's just normal everyday life and and to let people know that you you're you are out there yeah and you you exist i think it's really important. important something i noticed as i came out to people was those who had already met a trans person there was the guy at work in my team who knew somebody from a few years before my brother prior place he worked at somebody transitioned there and there's just that when you when you come out to somebody who already knows that you're they are so much further down the line of just understanding that this isn't something odd it's not something to worry about you know and that's visibility from people who've come out before me. Yeah. Hopefully me coming out will grant visibility for people who come out after me, you know, that somebody, yes. somebody at work, maybe not even somebody I, you know, interact with that often, but at least, you know, if somebody around their family comes out, they go, oh, yeah, there was this person who came out at work a few years ago and, you know. Oh, they were lovely, they were. They might not say that. <laughs> but they'll understand, you know. Yeah. I think sometimes, I, I do think some of um, the people who took a while to get their heads around it in, in sort of my orbit, was like, well, are you going to look like a drag queen? You know, are you going to look weird? You know, because they've never knowingly met a trans person. I'm going to look weird about what? You know, but <laughs> they just don't know what to expect. And I think this is partly why perhaps my mum took so long to want to actually meet me because she just didn't know what she was going to get. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you know, you, you, you see a drag queen on the telly and it's obviously, it's a huge caricature of femininity and that's what drag is, you know, and it's not well, being, it's act, per se. you know, a, a, a drag queen or a drag queen king is a real hyper exaggeration. Yeah. But a lot of cis people don't necessarily realize, you know, no, and now, you know, they, as they see us trans people just going about our lives, they realise, you know, we're not actually that exotic or or strange. We just, I mean, I'm just a frumpy middle-aged woman, you know. <laughs> That's the truth of it. Oh. <laughs> well, you're in good company, you know. <laughs> it's Numi who's exotic. She is exotic. <laughs> <very> exotic. <laughs> She's exotic. Exotic. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I do have to say Noom's fashion sense is extremely exotic. You remember that, you remember that time he went to Manchester to that um, Affleck store? Oh, all yes. The, all the amazing uh, stuff they had in there. Noom's was pouring We needed a lorry to empty the place, wouldn't we? <laughs> oh, if I had the money, gosh. <laughs> What was that brand of clothing? That there's, 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 Albany. Yeah, yeah. Albany. Yeah. Oh, they do some beautiful they have stuff. Some amazing stuff. Don't absolutely they? gorgeous. Yeah. I am now the proud of two Albany dresses. Oh, yeah. I don't think they fit me. Do they make large sizes? They do make large sizes, darling, and they would fit you, and you okay. probably look amazing in them. Because I, I, I love those frocks, but I've always thought I wouldn't suit them. They're amazing. So, I mean, talking about drag queens, <laughs> this is kind of a segue into our little trip to Blackpool. 
Oh yes, <laughs> Blackpool. Do you remember that? That was that was a, that was a weekend. full yes, interesting was, uh... weekend, wasn't it? And we went. What was the name of that drag place we went to? Was it? It was funny, funny something. Uh, funny girls funny girls yeah 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 and that that was a really good night that was it, it was, was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. i mean that that's a well-known drag place in mm. blackpool i think there's a couple others as well yeah but I, I was never really sure how i felt about drag i mean i still don't know how i feel no, about drag I, don't. I still don't know how i feel about drag race the you know the tv show i i i believe there's there's the two kind of size to drag now i think there is televised drag yeah the rupaul rupaul style. and there is the places like funny girls mm. yeah. which when i saw them they weren't as over the top as the images i see coming from things like rupaul's yeah no they weren't were they it was, um, more, of a, it was more of a singing dancing show wasn't it it was a cabaret yeah, yeah. cabaret yeah it wasn't the hyper like ridiculous no. view of femininity that sort you see with some drag queens i i for the life of me i cannot see what mm. it is about rupaul's drag race that is is even the slightest bit interesting to me it's the well, it's the totally characterized the the, mm. the hyper characterization of females like that and and I think it does more damage mm. than good. Yeah, that's think, my personal yeah. opinion. So, I think for me, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think I when think, you understand what that drag is, it's a performance and it's an exaggeration. Yeah, it's an act. It's, I mean, it can it's be done by really deep. You yeah. know, oh, that I don't have a problem with. Even the more sort of exaggerated. I remember a few years ago on Celebrity Big Brother when um, India, who we shall not name, and um, Courtney yeah. Act were on it. And India is a trans woman who was coming out with some very odd things. And Courtney Act understood gender so much better as a drag performer. I, you know, I think where my problem is more where it's presented as being trans being drag and they're not the same thing no i think again the gender criticals use drag exactly as a look at these people they're just pretending Mm. to be women well that's not us darling exactly when you you know the difference i don't really have a problem but that difference isn't obvious to people a lot of the time and like you say it's used i i don't when i went when we went to funny girls the, the the drag artists I met there, they were amazing. They were. They were, they were absolutely yeah. amazing. But I try watching RuPaul and I don't get it. I must yeah. have, I never tried watching it. I, I honestly mm. do not understand it. It's, I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's slightly different format, isn't it? Because it's kind of a competition to see who's going to. Win. So maybe that's me, but that's my opinion of it. I, I don't hold any animosity towards no. people for, for wanting to do what they do. I just personally don't understand it. Yeah, I think my kind of... The, the hyper-characterization is... for television, I mean. Yeah. Mm. That's the side I don't understand. I mean, it's uh, it's an act, isn't it? Anybody can do it. Men can do it. Women can do it. I mean, yeah. you have you have drag 
queens and kings. And, you know, it's nothing to do with gender identity. I mean, trans people can be drag acts too, oh, you know. Trans so, people can be drag, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got nothing, as I said, I've got nothing against. No. I just, that hyper characterization that you see on television, which is the, the side of it that is very in people's faces. It is. I don't think does anybody any real kind of And it's famous. definitely confused with transgender stuff. People see that and yeah. think transgender. I think right. in some cases inadvertently because a cis person just doesn't really understand yeah. it. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. And yeah. weaponized by the gender critical lot because they know it will cause yeah. problems. Yeah. Yes, know? exactly. It's why they whenever there's um, you know, some areas that do these like drag queen story time with kids and you'll always see the GCs go after it. Oh god, yes. With lots and lots of subtext, which yeah. isn't true. It's just somebody reading stories to kids. Yeah. Like a pantomime dame. You know, and from from the, the old photos I've seen, it's it tends not to be the more exaggerated drag queens anyway. But they'll then turn around and take them to pantomime. Well, exactly. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, there's a huge sort of history of drag in British entertainment, you know, you know yeah. Dawson and stuff like that. You know, I mean, yes, given of its time, it was very problematic in a lot of ways, but fundamentally, Dick Henry, you know, drag in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. It's how it's done and how it's used. And that's where I have the problem. Yeah. Yes. You know. So you know, it was a damn good show. I went myself watching that. <laughs> Amazing show. Yeah, I mean, we're in Blackpool. Obviously, we can't not talk about Strictly Come Dancing. Oh yes, definitely. So Jess, you're you're a huge Strictly fan, aren't you? I've been known to watch it, and you've yeah. been actually been <laughs> to. Something guest does on a. I haven't missed a live tour yet. Yeah, um... I, live tours. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't missed a Strictly since the end of season three. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And we did get to go to the Blackpool Ballroom. Yes, like yes the Tower Ballroom. Room. Yeah, that was. And that awesome. is in an amazing room. I, mm -hmm. never, I don't think I've ever seen a ballroom quite as amazing as that. It's so huge. And it's it's large, kind of, it? You you wonder where how do you, how does it get how do you fit that in that building? It's like, <laughs> it's a very odd, amazing place though. Yeah, really. And we also got to stay in one of uh, Blackpool's finest hotels. Oh, the oh. finest hotel in the whole wide world. It yes. was great. The it, free buckets and the... Free buckets to catch the water coming through the leaky roof. Yeah. It was yeah. Your, your, your choice of cracks in the outside wall. Yeah, it was a fun place. <laughs> the mildew was colours. I've never seen mildew before. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, I it, does, it does have a name. I'm not sure we should mention it. But oh, I, I don't, don't think, think we should. probably shouldn't um, give it any publicity no. whatsoever. No, no, uh, no. But it, it was an experience, I'll it say that. It was. But and yes. I don't think I'd ever return to it. <laughs> no. Unless they no. pulled it down and rebuilt it. <laughs> I think they probably get, well, to be honest, it looks like it might fall down anyway. You know? Yeah, it's not, yeah. I don't, I mean, I can't imagine it's going to survive um, the pandemic. I mean, I can't imagine anyone's no. been there for no. a year. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of seaside towns and businesses are going to be destroyed by this. Yeah, exactly. I think the sooner they pull it down, the better. <laughs> yeah, it needs uh, it, it needs a uh, needs a little bit of TLC that building. Just a bit. There was, I mean, there were physical cracks in the exterior walls and yes. interior walls. Yes. Yeah. It was uh... slightly worrying when you're just booking in. <laughs> mm. 
It was yeah, the free no. what's it I found under the bed. <laughs> Your complimentary what's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't look under the bed. I didn't want to see what was there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a window that looked out onto a brick wall. And yeah. There was more sand on the windowsill on the inside of the window than there was on the beach. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, yeah, it was a bit grim. Interesting place, that. Yes. <laughs> and we also <laughs> headed over to uh, Manchester when you were here. We went to see Emily. Uh, Parkhurst statue and Alan Turing statue. Yes, but we completely Actually, missed. That was, I think, that was our la the last time. Yeah, we did anything trip. before lockdown. Was that was the Grand Manchester, Tour. the Grand Tour of Manchester oh, and Canal Street? Yeah. Mm. And we actually missed the National Transgender Memorial, didn't we? We we were in the park and we didn't even notice yeah. it. Yeah, not <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, yeah I've not been back since because mm. of lockdown. But yeah, I oh well, never mind. Never mind. It's still there. Up, yeah. It's still there. I mean, Canal Street was. I mean, that was the first time I've been there when I went with you two. I think we've been twice, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a that's a great place. It's, it's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of I'd heard about it from family members who you know had been to Manchester Pride several times and that you know over the years and then you know finally got there. Actually, sort of got to experience Canal Street a couple of times. Myself. Lovely it's place. Great. Really nice. Yeah, I mean, how that's how that's survived through lockdown, I don't know, but hopefully it's still there. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. It's been absolutely amazing. You're welcome. Really enjoyed Great it. Great to talk to you. <laughs> Had a fab, have fab discussion. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have one final question for you for all my guests. I have the same mm -hmm. question, and it's to do with your end of jingle. Sorry, end of podcast jingle. So there's two of you, so you both get a choice, and the choice is um, a goat, a cow, or a trumpet thromp. <laughs> you can have a goat, you can have a cow, or you can have a trumpet thromp. The choice is yours. See, I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to go for the trumpet. Well, I'll just go with Jess. So two trumpets. Um, okay. Double <laughs> trumpet. Perfect. Double can I have a goat playing a trumpet? Hey. Whilst riding a cow? You can have all three if you want. Go for it. Yeah, all three. <laughs> all three, okay. <laughs> I want a goat riding a cow playing a trumpet. You've got it. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm image stuck in the head now. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> the whimsy <laughs> the whimsical world of Jess and Nooms Noomie's whimsy it's quite the thing <laughs> <laughs> whimsy they cried whimsy <laughs> right I'm going to sign us off thank you so much thank you for having us thank you Enjoy talk to you in a little while yeah bye bye, bye.